My name's Emily Martin, and I'm taking you behind the scenes to talk to equine artists from around the world. This is Artist Unlocked. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back. We are on episode eight of Artist Unlocked. This week's guest is Elizabeth of Briar Customs 19. Elizabeth has not even been customizing for a full year yet, which is insane to me. Her talent is super apparent in her work, and so I was super excited to sit down with her. As always, if you're interested in listening or watching the show, whichever you're not currently doing, definitely go ahead and check out wherever the show is listed. I have the YouTube channel, which is the main landing page, and likely what you're watching right now. But if you're interested, you can definitely listen to the show. I have it listed on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just a little disclaimer about today's episode. When I was doing interviews, some people requested not to be shown with their faces, which I totally respect. And so this week's episode is our first audio only episode, but before you click off this YouTube video, if you're watching right now, I did prepare some visuals for you guys if you want to um, stay tuned into the YouTube channel and watch it. I have some pictures from Elizabeth of her work, as well as I turned the audio waveform into like a visual spectrum. So I tried to add some graphic stuff in there to make it interesting to watch still, but I totally understand if you would just prefer to listen to this week's episode. I just wanted to give a quick little disclaimer because I know we haven't had that type of format before. There should be a few episodes coming up, including next week's episode that are also audio only, but whenever we have that, I try to really pack in as much visuals as I can. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. First off, just go ahead and introduce yourself, who you are, your studio, what you do, that kind of thing. Okay, uh, my name's Elizabeth. Um, I've been in the hobby since November 1st, 2019. Uh, I don't really have a studio. I just kind of work in my room and on the kitchen table and in the living room, wherever I can pretty much sit down and do anything. <laughs> um, and I don't have a studio name either. It's just Briar Customs 19 because I started in 2019 and that's literally what I do, Briar Customs. Yeah. Uh, and one stone so far. Um, but I really like re-sculpting. That's kind of what I really wanted to learn how to do. And then I ended up getting into painting too. So I kind of do a whole bunch of different stuff. But yeah, I, I, I started, I tried to do some customs when I was 10, but we all know how that goes. So I kind of stopped. <laughs> I never finished anything. It was so bad. There were brush strokes everywhere. So yeah. Yeah, I think we all go through that phase of like, I have so many... I don't even know if I have most of them anymore because just blobby customs of me trying to figure out how to sculpt a neck or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. one of those actually right now. Uh, I started him three months ago and he's in my cabinet of shame, but his neck is the worst. It's so bad. <laughs> Necks are so challenging. They took me forever to learn how to do. Even if you've done a thousand necks, everyone is a little different. Yeah, I totally agree. There are some like positions that I'm still kind of just like... It, if, to me, it's just there's so much going on there it's hard to figure out like how to emulate that in a way that doesn't look too bulky but mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so you said you started it like in 2019 so you haven't even been doing it officially for a full year yet no i think it's like six months and a week or something like that if that's how the dates line up yeah that's crazy to me that um i mean you have so much talent for only doing it for like that little bit of time that's amazing thank you I guess, tell me a little bit about your journey. Like, did you collect before you started customizing or what's your journey been overall with the hobby? 
Well, actually, uh, I knew about the Instagram pages a few years before I actually ever put my hands on one to customize. And mm. I never collected because I didn't really have shelves in my room. Uh, I had a cat and he was everywhere, all over <sighs> everything. And that just would not have been a good thing. Um, and I kind of realized I, I, I did art, like drawings and paintings and stuff like that. So I figured it might be fun to do some customizing first and then maybe keep some of the customs. But even now, I like I kind of put, I got three shelves, so I kind of put some of my favorite customs on there while I'm working on them. But I pretty much sell everything I make. So. Okay, cool. So you're just like strictly in it from the artistic standpoint. Yeah, I, I kind of got to be careful though, because there's a, there's a few I'd really like to keep, like the Catch Me custom I'm working on right now. Like if I could, I would keep him. But it doesn't make sense because I don't show. I've never shown, and I don't know if I'll ever get the chance to. Do you do you think you want to, or, or are you still kind of deciding? It seems terrifying, but it'd also be fun to try because, I mean, I don't know. It's definitely something very new and I'm a little weird about new things, so. Yeah, no, I understand. I, I've i been to like a handful of shows. I wouldn't say I'm like an avid shower I want to be, but like it's definitely kind of intimidating at first because I feel like, I, I don't know, I feel like I always think everybody's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's no way anybody would care about what my work is. Uh, well, that's not true. Oh, well, thank you. So what are your favorite and least favorite aspects of the hobby so far? My favorite, absolute favorite part is cutting them up because that's when you really start making the new horse of what you want to make. Yeah. And my least favorite part is finding all the mistakes you've made and then you have to fix them because you yeah. just can't, you just can't leave them. Like my, one of my, uh, my Harley custom, uh, he was the first one I drastically cut up with the Dremel and he yeah. had gouges in his legs everywhere. So I had to go back and I had to fix all of those. So that was a little bit painful, but it used to be prepping. I used to hate prepping, but now I kind of, it's like a relaxing thing now. Yeah, I feel like I'm sort of in the transition of being okay with prepping. It's like normally my least favorite part, just because I feel like I can never get it quite right. But mm, lately, mm -hmm. lately, I feel like I've just, I don't know, I just have accepted that it just takes time and it can be relaxing, especially if you get to like prep outside. Yeah, we know what happened when I prepped outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 attack of geese. Did, yeah, they just, oh. did they just steal your headphones and like run off with them? What happened? So I kind of like to play some Netflix on my laptop, just kind of outside. And I went in to grab some grapes. And the problem is they love sensations in their mouth. Like they nibble, like geese, they will chew. They've cho like they've chewed all the um, insulation off the pipes outside because they just like chewing things so they saw these headphones and they yanked them out of the laptop and they drug them off and then they chewed them up wow so, yeah Weird. they were really bad oh my gosh um so do you have any like i guess it might be hard if you you know i know you've only been in the hobby like a short amount of time but do you have any like best moments so far for you i think my best moment was uh i have a g1 draft i've been working on and I cut off its head, cut off its neck, uh, made the armature, put the neck on in an hour. And it's not a bad neck. It's not like, you know, the best neck in the world, but it's leaps and bounds above what I could have done six months ago. And I think it's pretty cool to realize that I have a method that works pretty well for me. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I definitely think, do you, so before you got into the hobby, were, had you, you said you had known about the Instagram side of things. Had you been kind of like studying it from afar for a while before you started? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, um, because I had my own horse, so I was kind of doing, like, you know, the jumping thing, 
But, mm. um, you know, it's kind of hard to do like the horse thing and college at the same time. So I kind of figured I might need something eventually that's a little step removed from the real horse thing. Yeah. And I kind of thought that what was going on on Instagram was pretty cool because I thought it was so cool how people could like completely transform one of the models I might have had when I was 10, like a bluegrass bandit or an Itacus or something like that, if I said their names right. Yeah, I think that a lot of the molds are totally up for interpretation. I've heard them pronounced so many different ways. But yeah, I feel you with the college thing. I graduate in the fall and it's so hard to juggle even just like the hobby part in college sometimes is like mm -hmm. stressful enough, but like it just sucks because I feel like our whole lives were being trained to go to school and like that that is like the end all be all. Um, when in reality, I would much rather be like in the studio sculpting <laughs> instead of working on homework. <laughs> That's kind of, I realized that was a slight problem in the spring semester. And then when everything went online, I was like, I'm going to have to really be careful because I'll just spend all day sculpting. And that's how I got a commission done, like sculpted in a few days and then painted in like two days. I got a traditional painted in two days because I had nothing else to do. Wow. So that was that was something. <laughs> yeah. So you um, you take commissions then. And so you do like a combination of primarily sales pieces and commissions. Right now, it's just sales pieces. I've been I've taken on like a few commissions just so I can get my feet in the water or whatever it's called. Because sure. commissions scare me to death, like, really badly. So I'm just kind of trying to get over that fear. But I was thinking of maybe doing some commissions later in the summer when um, when I have some more time. And I have I have a lot of traditional bodies that need new homes and need an idea for them. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, commissions are super daunting for me, too. I, it's like, I don't know, for me, I think it takes some of the relaxation out of it. Because it's like <laughs> this pressure of, like, needing to make it, you know, beautiful for somebody else. But yeah, I'm trying to get over that fear too. Yeah, it's it's definitely rough because I try to make everything as good as I can and sometimes it just doesn't happen. It just does not go very well. And you're like, this is supposed to be this and it's not this. Oh my God, the person's gonna hate it. But yeah. I haven't had anything like majorly bad yet. Like knock on wood. So. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be okay. I think the majority of people in the hobby are very accepting and um, accommodating of things like that. So I guess moving into kind of like your studio, I know you said you don't really have an official studio and I think there's something cool about that. Tell me about your process when you go to create. So, oh, so funny story. Uh, three years ago, I bought a lamp for my dorm room and I never, ever, ever used it. But now wherever I sit down to work, that lamp comes with me. So wherever the <laughs> lamp is, that's pretty much where I end up working for the day. So right now it's in my room, but I think I'll move it out to the living room because I have a few horses to prep. But um, I have my bedroom, the living room, the kitchen, and let's just say I have to do a lot of sweeping and a lot of vacuuming and a lot of uh, dusting from all this primer getting everywhere, like from sanding and stuff like that. Yeah, it's definitely messy. That's like, I, I dream of the day where I can even just have like a dedicated room where I can just kind of be messy because it, it my my current studio is in my room. And mm -hmm. um, so I always feel like I'm constantly having to kind of make sure I don't get too much dust everywhere and things like that. But um, cool. So what mediums do you primarily work in? For sculpting or painting? Um, I guess both. You can go into both. Okay, so something I found was really interesting was I started with epoxy sculpt um, and that worked. It's what I much, much prefer for necks and stuff like that because epoxy sculpt blends into itself much better than magic sculpt did for me. Yes. Um, but I have epoxy sculpt for necks 
and pretty much magic sculpt for everything else. Like magic sculpt is the best for uh, manes, tails, and forelocks for me because it's so elastic and it's kind of like you can get it to mold really well. Um, and I guess that's it. I guess those are the only two epoxies I use. And then for painting, I like to use acrylics like uh, Vallejo uh, Model Air and a little bit of Golden Fluid. Um, Golden Fluid has a really interesting texture though. It's much, much smoother and a little gummier. So it works really well for uh, Pearlex, but it's definitely different. Vallejo is, is a little more matte. I kind of like Vallejo a little more. Um, and then I use pastels. Um, I want to try to use oils, but that I, I don't know how people do it. I don't know how they don't get brush strokes or anything like that. I forgot to mention, but I use an airbrush for all of like my base coats and stuff like that and for shading and stuff. And I'm telling you, if you make a mistake with an overspray, you go, you don't have any time to wipe that off or anything like that. If you're doing like a white mane on a dark horse, let's just yeah. say I've had personal experience with that one. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's frustrating for sure. Do you have any, like, either for both sculpting or painting, um, any favorite tools that you like to use? So for sculpting, uh, DJB has, like, you know, like a whole list of the stuff she used. That's where I started because I pretty much got into this whole thing because of her videos and um, Blue Mountain Stable. Like, that's pretty much the only reason why I was able to even get in this in the first place because it's like, oh, well, that's how you do it. Well, maybe I can try it. And she has, like, uh, these little silicone... Um, sculpting tools and like there's two different sizes there's like a big old chunky one that's kind of like an angled one and then like a rounded tip and then there's the small ones and I pretty much use those tools and the paintbrush and that's it for sculpting um awesome. but there's also these cool uh metal ball tools that I ended up really liking for necks because your fingers can only mash clay in so much without getting fingernail marks and everything and stuff like that yeah for sure painting um just i guess paint brushes I, I don't know i don't really have anything fancy for painting <laughs> yeah that's that's cool um it's funny that you mentioned uh both djb and blue mountain stables i love watching their videos yeah both of their videos are like I, I find to be some of the best youtube content out there that shows you like how to start yeah and i i refer back to them a lot like for ears i probably watched that video like seven times and i'm i still haven't touched ears after the one time i tried to do them because it's just so <laughs> scary yeah um, i know faces are scary for me too mm, yeah i i did uh, i have a hickstead that i pretty much just mutilated and it's still mutilated because i can't bring myself to do the face so <laughs> It's okay. One day we'll work up the courage to do faces. <laughs> yeah, one one day maybe. I just I just got the next down all right. I think I think I'll let myself have a win for a few months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Do you have a favorite or a least favorite scale to work in? Uh, I used to hate stable mates uh, just because I didn't really know how to like really work with them. But when I figured out just to be really careful with shading with the airbrush, they weren't so bad. Um, and then for sculpting, stable mates are actually really nice because you don't have to spend that much time on it. Yeah, um, so true. I haven't tried like a mini Winnie or like a micro mini or something like that, but I think that might drive me nuts. I, I yeah. honestly think that would be, I'd probably drop it once and then just be done with it because it had like a broken <laughs> neck, a broken leg. I, mm, no. 
Yeah, it's the micros are really a craze right now, and I think they're super cool, but they're also really daunting for me to paint. I I have a mini juggy right now, and oh, um, he like I feel like you spray him once with primer like super far away, and if you like if you don't get it right, it's hard because I feel like they lose the detail so quickly um. because they're so tiny. But um, yeah, him and I are are fighting to uh make it to the paint stage here <laughs> yeah i know honestly this come off as really stupid but i never even thought about losing detail and that is such a thing for me because like even on someone like you know the stable mates like sometimes things just don't go very well yeah i probably i'm gonna stay away from those guys for a little while <laughs> i guess do you have any tips for anybody that's like looking to do what you're doing uh definitely watch the youtube videos uh that helps a lot and honestly, sometimes there's just nothing better than practice because I learn a lot through making mistakes. And I kind of try to write down the mistakes I've made if I won't remember them. Um, and you'll end up finding something that works for you. But I kind of think it's a good idea to try all the different techniques you can because then you know what does and doesn't work for you. I've kind of made like a, like a Frankenstein of a whole bunch of different methods for the next and stuff like that. And I have something that I can it used to be like, I'd be like, oh, I don't think I can get this horse finished in a month. And now I'm like, I could get it done in a week. If I yeah. really, that was like the main thing I worked on. Um, so just time, practice, and, you know, just kind of seeing how other people do it, like, really helped for me. Yeah, I think it kind of demystifies the process, too. Because I know when I was starting out, I just had so many questions as to how people even did things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's when I was 10. I like literally, I remember, I, uh, my mom wasn't very happy, but I printed out a whole bunch of tutorials from like, you know, like the websites, like Rio Rondo and stuff like that. And I had yeah. a book and I like glued it and it, cause when you glue paper on paper, it kind of messes up the ink anyways, mm. but just pictures wasn't enough for me. I had to kind of see the videos and in 2010, they didn't really have that 2009. Yeah. So it's definitely helpful to see what people do and how they do it for sure. Yeah, definitely. What's one thing you'd like to see more of in the hobby? This could be like artistic related or otherwise. This is going to come off as really weird, but it's okay for horses that have confirmation faults if you're not trying to like, you know, do halter classes and stuff like that. Just for me, uh, I know that it's kind of hard to create a perfect horse, but right now I'm actually working on a horse that kind of has a significant confirmation flaw. Also because I kind of screwed him up a little bit. <laughs> but I hope that people just don't hate him just because he's not a perfect horse. I hope that they could like him for something a little different because horses exist in real life with long backs, like really long mm -hmm. backs and, you know, long necks, short necks, short legs. Um, but yeah, if you show, that's definitely not applicable. And since I don't show, I can kind of have that view. But I do try to make my horses not super bad because it's also not good to really like celebrate bad confirmation. Because that does, you know, have problems for the real horses and stuff like that. But um, I just hope people won't hate my horse because he has a long back. <laughs> Aww, I'm sure they won't. I think it's interesting. Um, a lot of people have kind of said similar notes of just basically like, just because we're sculpting, you know, realistic horses doesn't mean that there isn't or shouldn't be room for like either, you know, creative expression or making horses that have confirmation flaws to a certain extent, obviously, like you said. But yeah, I think there's something to be said about just not being so caught up in making it a absolutely perfect horse. Part of the fun, I think, is just being able to kind of just sculpt. It sounds kind of out there but you know sculpt from the soul and and <laughs> not worry so much about all the perfection yeah yeah for sure 
So what does the hobby mean to you overall? Well, for the summer, it's going to be my little break from studying the, uh, for the LSAT. Um, but pretty much, like, at first, this was just supposed to be, like, a little hobby thing. Like, you know, I do it for 30 minutes a day. And it's kind of turned into something that I spend a few hours on every day because, you know, I have so many things going on and so many different ideas. So I guess, I guess it's kind of taken over what riding used to be for me because I spend hours at the barn every day when I had my horse. Yeah. So I guess this is just kind of what it is. And I actually, I used to um, oil paint, like paint with oils on canvas and stuff like that. Mm. And I don't do that anymore. So I guess that's also kind of, it's kind of like my art, my horse and my break thing all uh, in one. What are your future goals for the hobby? I definitely want to get better at sculpting. Like actually like, I have to be careful because sometimes I just kind of think I know how something should look and that's not true at all. Like I need to have references and I need to like actually try to sculpt it how things would be in real life. I think that's something I need to keep working on because I can, I got myself in trouble with the horse with the big neck and the blobby neck from earlier, who's in the <laughs> cabinet of shame. Um, <laughs> I think just learning more about anatomy and stuff like that is definitely something that I'd like to do. And I just like to not give up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are good goals, though. I'm sort of in a similar phase of just really studying anatomy because you're right. Like, you can kind of, you know, I've been horseback riding for 12 years, so I've been around horses a lot. And it's, like, easy to think that you know exactly mm, what mm -hmm. it's supposed to be. And then if you really sit there and study it, you learn so much about anatomically like and mechanically how they work so yeah those are those are good goals <laughs> i definitely think being around horses is definitely it's, it's kind of like a catch-22 you're like oh hey i know i know how that goes but then you're also like i don't know how it goes well enough to sculpt it well yeah. enough you know yeah so yeah um i i think i think it'd be nice if i could actually produce some work that would be show quality like uh from sculpting and painting included because my paint it's, I, I just have stupid flaws every now and then, like fibers I don't catch and I don't really want to go back and have to rebuild it all up. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get there. I mean, goodness, six months to be where you are already is amazing. And I, so I think it's very telling of the future. <laughs> Thank you. Hopefully, I don't want to disappoint anyone, but I, I like it so far. And that's just kind of the biggest thing. Like, um, I've had a lot of hobbies and if if I like it, then that bodes well for me sticking with it for years and the long term and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. I just want to give you kind of the the end here to plug your work. Any, you know, social media pages you want people to go check out, anything that you want people to be aware of coming up for you, things like that. Feel free to go ahead and plug yourself. <laughs> okay, cool. Free advertising. Yeah. Um, I could use some of that. <laughs> Uh, so I have an Instagram that's pretty much where I started and that's like the only thing I really have because I actually do kind of want to keep this separate from my real life because I don't feel comfortable with people knowing about this because I've had some bad experiences before with people like, you know, making fun of me and stuff like that. Like, honestly, uh -huh. it's really like sad, but it's true. So yeah, it's just nice to have my own thing. And then, you know, I don't have to worry about it. But um, my Instagram is Briar period customs 19. That's just kind of where I post things. Um, uh, I try to post fairly often, um, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. But I always post my sale horses to here, uh, works in progress. Um, uh, there's one picture of the two goslings with some resins in the background because that's also when I got goslings and my first resins. 
So, I mean, I guess that's the only, like, non-horse thing you're going to see. Um, and I post also sales. I kind of post to model horse sales pages, um, some of the Facebook groups, but Instagram is my main thing. And if you like seeing uh, briary sculpts, you should definitely check me out because I have a lot of this going on. I have... I don't even know how many traditional bodies I have anymore because I got in a, a problem where if they were a good deal, I'd buy them. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I'd have one of every mold and that works really well for head swapping because if like, oh, hey, well, how would this horse look with this head? I just, you know, it's put them next to each other. But I probably have um, 30 right now and they're not duplicates. I have, yeah, it's kind of a problem right now. So <laughs> all of those have to find homes eventually if you're interested. And it includes yeah. a Roxy, a Latigo. Uh, Lip is on her mare, Andalusian, Flash, yeah, it just goes on. Wow. And on. Yeah, definitely go check her out if uh, you're looking for any of those. <laughs> All right, that was the episode. Thank you guys so much for watching. I will have any of the tools and materials as well as the two YouTube channels mentioned, DJB and Blue Mountain Stables. All of that stuff will be linked in the description so you guys can check it out if you're interested. I definitely agree with Elizabeth. If you're looking to start out, those videos are a really good place to start. If you're interested in behind the scenes content for the show, go ahead and follow me on my Instagram. It's Frost Studios Equine Art. I post behind the scenes for the show as well as my artistic side of things. So if you're interested in customs and things like that, it's over there as well. Tune in for next week's episode featuring Kristen of Blue Mountain Stables. She makes YouTube videos as well as doing customs and stuff on her Instagram. Definitely a multi-talented artist and hobbyist. So definitely tune in next week for her episode. All right, that's all I have to say. Thank you guys so much for watching and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.